Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey, it's good to have you guys with us today. Good to have you all with us today as well. If you do have your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, God's Way and God's Word Always Work. Now, I preached this message first service, um, and I prefaced it this way, so let me do it with you as well. This is going to be one of those messages that can be considered a little politically incorrect in places, maybe a lot of places, I don't know. So let me, let me tell you who I am, um, or at least my attitude towards the world and life and people. I, I try to live my life around two principles. They're both biblical. The first one is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, Right? And the second one is this, it's the second commandment, and it is love your neighbor as yourself. So when I talk about things that are considered just differently by our culture, I try to do it in a way that's respectful, a way that we're, we're living in a time, it's a challenge right now to have any kind of uh, rational conversation because we're living in a time that if you disagree with me, then you're narrow-minded, bigoted, homophobic, whatever, right? I mean, we're just living in that day and age. But yet truth has to be proclaimed. And this morning I want to preach, and if you get nothing else out of this message this morning, please grab a hold of this piece of it. Um, we're, li- we're living in crazy times, and we as the people of God have, we had better center our lives and our families in God in his word, right? We, we as the people of God had better center our lives, our families, our choices, our actions, our reactions, our beliefs in God and God's word. We, we, we have to do that, uh, especially in a world where moment by moment, anybody watch CNN? Okay, so you can actually say that here and not be in trouble, okay? Anybody watch Fox? A few of you, no news anymore. How many of you get your news from social media? YouTube? Facebook? Anybody on Facebook? Instagram? Twitter? We have any Twitter? Anybody on Twitter? A few of you? Any of you guys? I know you guys are on Facebook because you're looking at me on Facebook right now, right? We are... Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm lying. We are absolutely inundated by news and fake news, truth and fake truth, opinions, ideas, spin, anybody? It's to, the, it's to the point I hit days and hours in my life where I just have to say, I'm done, I'm out, I'm shutting it off, I can't take no more. I watch CNN just to hear their perspective. And then I go and watch Fox News to hear their perspective, and it amazes me that I listen to two different news organizations talking about the exact same situation, and it's completely different. So what do you believe? What do you believe? Now listen, for the world, and I know on our our Facebook feed, and I don't know, maybe some of you 
Everybody that, everybody that jumps on this feed isn't a Christian. So let me just say this. Um, if you're not a Christian, if you choose not to be a Christian, if you've not made that decision to be a Christian, then I understand much of what I'm going to talk about today won't make sense to you or you may not accept. But as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as somebody that believes the Word of God has importance and significance as a way to live our lives, I choose, and what I'm preaching this morning is, we choose to center ourselves in God and God's Word. Because here's, here's the thing, here's the bottom line for me in, in, in a lot of ways. I believe God loves me. I believe God loves you. I believe God is good. Right? I, I believe... This may not be good grammar, I don't know. I believe God knows stuff. I believe as my creator. I believe as the one who formed me in his image. He knows what's best for me, even many times more than I know what's best for myself. And I I believe, because I love my neighbor as myself, I believe that that is true for me, then it's true for everybody. So I center myself in the word of God. I want you to turn with me if you're not there already. 2 Timothy 3. Verse 1, and I want to look at what Timothy, or what Paul um, proclaimed in his letter was going to be the nature, the characteristics of the last days, and see if this doesn't seem a little bit familiar to you all. Now, if you've been around me very much, you know that I've been saying the last days, we sometimes like to think it's those last moments just before the return of Christ, and certainly that's part of it, but the truth is the last days, I mean, this letter was written like almost over 2,000 years ago, or almost 2,000 years ago, and, and he wrote it to people who then were living in the last days. So the last days begin with the ascension of Christ. It just happens that we're living more in the last days today than they were then, and if, you are, if we're still here tomorrow, we'll be even more in the last days than we are today. You understand what I'm saying? So, so we're living in the furthest last days that have ever been. So this is what Paul says. Understand this, that in the last days, there's going to come times of difficulty. For people will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Look at that list again. People will be lovers of themselves. I don't know how you could better describe America today. Lovers of money, certainly. Proud. Arrogant. You know, when you aren't willing to listen to somebody who has a different belief than you, and I mean, not just listen to them, but hear them, there's a pride-arrogance issue there, and I don't care which side of the issue you fall on. We are living in days of arrogance and pride, they will be abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. We live, in the, we live in the greatest nation in America. The greatest nation in America. We live in the greatest nation in, in the world, right? Opportunities abound, and yet we want to blow it up. Some do. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving God, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Paul goes on and he says something that I think is good counsel for a lot of us. He says, avoid such people. Avoid such people. Some of you need to take that to heart. Some of you need to disconnect for some people. 
Some, some of us need to disconnect from social media because we can't take it anymore. Avoid such people because they, they do nothing good in your heart. I'm not telling you to get off Facebook. I'm not telling you to get off Facebook, those of you that are watching this morning. But I am saying we need to be careful. Because here's the thing. If we, will, if we will control our heart and our access to those that are abusive and heartless and arrogant and pride and make sure we're not those people, then it does some things. It keeps, it keeps them safe. It keeps us safe. It keeps us out of jail. Right? There's a place for jail ministry. I just don't want it to begin with you guys. I, 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 I don't. He says, keep yourself apart. We are living in interesting times. Paul says, let's, let's just read on down a little bit here. Let's jump down to verse, um, verse 12. Paul goes on and he tells Timothy, he says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly, Christ, uh, a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Well, evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, he says, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and, fr- and how from childhood you've been acquainted with the sacred scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation. All scriptures breathed out by God. He, he, the title of the message, all right, the title of the message, God's way and God's works, w- ways still work. And we've got to center ourselves in God and his word. Why? Because all scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You know, we live in an an amazing age. How many of you guys uh, read a book but you don't actually read a paper book. How, how, many of you, how many of you got paper Bibles with you this morning? I mean, like actual, physical, real Bibles? Let me, let me see. A couple of you, two or three of you? Okay, good, good. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not being critical of that at all. How many of you have your Bibles on your phone? Probably like two or three times as many. How many have Bibles on iPads, computers, a bunch? How, you, we read books that way. We, we have got access to information like nobody in all of existence has ever had. We have access to the Word of God on a level that no civilization, no culture has ever had. And do you know the sad thing is we're probably the most biblically illiterate people that ever lived? It's out there, but we won't read it. Now listen to me. If you believe with me this morning that we ought to, we must center ourselves in God and God's word, then, and, and I'm not trying to be mean about this, I'm, I, I, but I want you to hear this, then we, we have got to be willing to pick up the word of God and read it, learn it, know it, right? If, if we're not willing to do that, I can't center myself in, I can't live in something that I absolutely just don't know. It's hard to be a math major if you never study math. Anybody here want to be a doctor? Nobody wants to be a doctor. Anybody want to be a lawyer? Got no lawyers in the house? Any mathematicians? Anybody want to be a mathematician? I got one, okay. Who would have believed it? Who would have thought? If you're going to be a mathematician, you've got to study math. If you're going to be a doctor, you probably need to study biology. If you're going to be a lawyer, you know what it's really good to study? The law is a good plan, right? 
if you want to be a follower of Christ, it's good to study the writings of Christ. Right? Just makes some sense. If we're going to center ourselves in God and God's word, we've got to know his word. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1. And let me read another passage of scripture here. And then I want to just talk about our world today for a little bit. In 2 Timothy, Paul had told Timothy, there's going to be people that they are learning, constantly learning, they're always learning, and they never come to the reality of the truth. Just saw that a minute ago. He tells the church in Rome, he says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. They, their, 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 their unwillingness to live according to God's holy direction causes them to suppress what is really true, suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they're without excuse. You can't say, I didn't know, God, that you existed. I didn't know, God, that you had rules. I mean, God is the one that created the laws that govern the universe. He is the lawgiver, right? Paul, Paul says, God, there's not going to be any excuse. For although they did not know God, they didn't, they did, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, he says. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. Paul in, Gal- or in, uh, in 2 Timothy puts it this way. He says they study, they, they learn, they read, they constantly, they educate themselves, but they can never come to the truth. In Romans, he says, they become so wise, they become fools. Can I tell you, I think we're living in those days. We've become too smart by half. So, Pastor Barry, what do you mean? So let me, let me get politically incorrect this morning. We're living in a day and an age where we have those that want to argue and support. Let's just defund the police. Defund them. It'll be great. So if the police are defunded and the police no longer exist, then who does keep the rule of law? I don't know what your experience has been. I don't know what your experience has been. But mine has been that there's some pretty evil people in this world. There's some pretty evil people in this world. And we need the police, authority, somebody who will keep them under control. The irony of it is the thing that drives me crazy, and and now I'm going to go a little bit maybe too far for some of you, I I don't know, but the same people that want to, some of the same people, and I, I don't want to group everybody into a big, because we all have various views on a lot of things, but some of the same people that want to argue, let's just defund the police and get them out of there, they're not the ones that live in the crime-ridden neighborhoods many times. Too often it's those that are living out in the suburbs that are comfortable. It's those that are young, and, 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 and certainly not all youth are this way, but haven't had a life experience yet where they had to deal with a criminal element. But the same people that are arguing, let's defund the police, want to argue, take the weapons away from law-abiding citizens. 
Because we know this. We, we, we know this. They become so wise, they become fools. We know this, that if you take the police away and you take weapons away from law-abiding citizens, then this world will become what it ought to be. This world will become a perfect place. This world will become a, a good place. And those men and those women that are evil, if there are no police and there are no weapons in, in, the, in the hands of law-abiding citizens, then we know that those people that are evil will become good. Right? Or not? Paul says it this way. He says we become so wise, we become fools. We have people arguing that the best way to get change in this world, change for the oppressed, change change for those that are being discriminated against, the best way to get that change and to bring that change about is to go to their neighborhoods and break windows and commit violent acts and burn buildings and destroy the drug stores and the grocery stores they need to survive. Does that seem like that's wisdom? We become so wise, we become fools. We've been, we're 40, we're 40, 50, 60, 60 years into a a governmental policy that encourages, not, not explicitly, but implicitly encourages families and, and, and young girls and, and moms to have children apart from being married. Because I, I have had friends who, who have walked through some hard times say to me, you know, if I would have chosen to be responsible and I'd, I'd chosen to have my child in a different situation, I would have money and opportunities pouring in. And we want to pay and we want to provide finance. And, and then we say, not only that, the more children you have outside of marriage, the more money we will give you. And we're three and four generations into that and wonder why our culture is in the place that it is? You say, Pastor Barry, you don't like single moms. No, that's not true. I have a great deal of respect for single moms or dads. One of the hardest working group of people that exist. But you know, I've never yet met the mom or the dad. I've never met this person. I've never had them come along and say to me, I've never heard this said, you know what, I've really enjoyed my, raising my child by myself with nobody to come alongside me and help me lift the load. I've really enjoyed having to work three jobs to make this happen. You know, most of them, if you really, if they'll be honest with you, say, you know, I would have loved to have had a husband or a wife, somebody come alongside me and help me carry this load. But we become so wise, we incentivize a different kind of lifestyle. Does that make sense? We become so wise, we become, we become fools. Y'all still with me this morning? I'm looking at my feet here. I'm trying to see if we've actually got anybody that's still on Facebook. Okay, they're all still there. At least some of them are. Good, good, good. So wise, we become fools. How many of you have seen the George Floyd video in Minneapolis? Horrible. Horrible. I don't think I've yet, and it's not to say there's not somebody out there, but they're just wrong if they are. I've never, I've not yet on the left or the right heard anybody say, he deserved it. If anybody said that, shame on them. 
horrible. I don't know the police officer that did what he did. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was racially evil, meaning he did what he did because he was a black man laying on the ground, or if he was just evil, meaning it wouldn't have mattered what the color of the man's skin was. He would have treated him the same way. I, I don't know. But can I tell you the truth? I don't care, and it doesn't really matter because evil is evil is evil is evil. And we as the people of God in this day and age, in this time that we're living where the world is turned upside down and, and right is wrong and wrong is right and yes is no and no is yes, we had better center ourselves in the truth of the word of God and in God himself and say this is what I'm going to stand upon. This is what is right. Our world has little hope. Y'all with me this morning? Thinking themselves wise, they become fools. It's only in a 2 Timothy 3 world that a young man, and you can say black man, but I will say to you, I don't care what the color of the skin is. can abuse the police, resist the police, pull a gun on the police, fire at the police, taser the police, and then have people be upset because he ends up being injured or killed. We're living in an upside-down world. And I will stand with, and we as the people of God have got to stand with anybody in a situation like in Minneapolis where there is racial or social or just evil going on and say that needs to stop, that can't happen, that's inappropriate because God's word says that is evil and it shouldn't happen and it can't stand. But let's stand with the word of God in the center and let's call evil evil whether it is that happening or it is a man of any color that chooses to resist or chooses to fire a weapon at somebody that is paid to protect society do you understand what i'm saying calling themselves wise they become fools we're living in a day where our culture is wanting to separate gender from biological sex, the, the, the biological sex of a person. We center ourselves in the Word of God. You say, Pastor Bear, you hate transgender people. You don't even know me. I, I don't. And you can disagree with me. I, I can disagree with you. We can have a different perspective. I'm actually okay with that. Many people aren't. But I choose to center myself in the word of God that says in the beginning he created them male and female. Now, now listen to me. I've said this for years. Western culture and the church has some guilt in this. We have for a long, long time said that, uh, let me hold that thought. I see another microphone coming my way. 
We have said I, I, we have said for a long time that the church and the and Western world has done this and, and, and been wrong in this. We, we've we've lived ourselves with the we've developed in ourselves this idea that to be masculine in America is to be John Wayne. To be masculine in America, to be a man in America, to be a male in America is to be Grizzly Adams. And some of you guys don't even know who Grizzly Adams is. He's a, how many of you know who Grizzly Adams is? How many of you have no idea? You guys Google it, okay? You can do that. Just Google it. Grizzly Adams, was, it was a show back in the 70s or 80s. This guy, was a, he lived in Canada. He had a great big old monster, monster beer, and he hung out. Beard, not beer, beard. And he hung out with Grizzly Bear, a Grizzly Bear, Grizzly Adams. And we've developed in our culture this idea that if you're a man, then you're all of those things. You like to hunt, and, and outside of the church, you like to drink beer, and you drive big trucks, and you like to fight, and, and, and you grow a, a thick beard, and, and, and anybody that's not that isn't really a man or a male. And I'm going to tell you something. God makes men in all shapes, all personality types. He, God makes men that like to cook. God, I'm, I, I couldn't match two pieces of clothes to save my life. If you came into my house and, house and held a gun to my head and said, make those shoes match that, I couldn't do it. I don't have that gift, but thank goodness my wife does. And there are men that can match clothes. There are men that can cook. There are men that love art. There are men that are all, we're all over the spectrum, but we've gone and said, if you're a man, then this is what you look like. And that's just not biblical and it's not right. And that's led us to the place now we want to talk about all kinds of, we, we want to separate gender from, but at the end of the day, you either have your XY chromosomes tell you something, right? And we become so wise, we become as fools. We're living in unique times, crazy times. I'm going to try to do this now one-handed. We'll see how that goes. So hang with me here for a second, okay? We had a congresswoman last week, I think it was, stood up and let the world know the reason people are rioting and looting, looting is because they're hungry and need bread and they can't pay their rent. Okay, that's fair if it's true, but, but it raises the question, if they're hungry and need bread, why are they stealing shoes and big screen TVs and designer clothes? Because here's the thing, if somebody is hungry and needing bread, just po- point them out to me or any one of a number of other people, including Christians around this world, And I promise you, there will be those that get them food within a very short time. You you can't say they can't pay their rent because we got a moratorium on paying your rent right now. And if you're a landlord, you don't have the right to require the rent. And probably where we're at right now as a world economically, it's probably a good thing. You understand what I'm saying? We've become so wise, we've become fools. One, One that... One that gets me is uh, Portland, Washington. They got they've got protesters and riots there now, and um, I, I saw I saw the video. I, I actually watch a little YouTube myself, um, and it was a it was an it was an African American police officer was was describing a situation where um, it, it's becoming common that 
young white, often female, but not always young white protesters are walking up to the police lines, and in the police lines are African-American police officers, and they're looking at them, and they're, they're, they're telling them they're racist. Does that make any sense? Because our world's become upside down. What happened in Minneapolis was a horrible thing. And there needs to be needed to be something done about it. And there, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think there needed to be protests. I think there needed to be marches. I don't have a problem with that coming out of what happened in Minneapolis. But do you know where the protesters should have gone? The protesters that wanted to protest the situation in the George Floyd case, they should have got themselves up and they should have marched around the mayor's office, the one who put in place the, 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 the chief of police that allowed the man who ended up taking his, this, this, this man's life to, to have, what, 13, I believe it was 13 um, incidents on his, on his record and still could be a police officer? If that's my family, if that's my community, if that's a place where I vote, if that's a place where I elected a mayor, then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and I'm going to, as many people as I can get, we, we ought to be demanding Mr. Mayor, Mrs. Mayor, Miss Mayor, whatever it is. How did that happen? Police chief, how did that happen? While you're at it, you know they probably ought to go and, and, and find the head of the, the police union in Minneapolis and ask them, how can you support allowing this type of thing to happen? Because if you really want to make a difference, then you go to those that had the power to make a difference and didn't, rather than march to Washington, D.C. and march on the White House. Said, Pastor Barry, you're just a Trump supporter. You got a red hat in your house. Actually, I don't have a red hat at my house. I don't own anything that says, what is it, MAGA? Make America Great Again? I, I don't. But I will tell you, and I would tell you this whether it was Donald Trump in the White House or Barack Obama in the White House, neither one of those men appointed the people that run the city of Minneapolis. Right? We become so wise, we become fools. Now, here's where I want to go with this message this morning, and it's not just to talk about the political condition of America and the social condition of America, and it's not just to say we as the people of God have got to center ourselves in God and the Word of God, but it's to say this, we have to be careful. Y'all don't check out on me, okay? I had a lot more energy first service. By the time I get to second service, I'm ready for a nap. That happens when you break 50, all right? You, those of you that are under 50, this is what you have to look forward to. So hang with me for a second, okay? We, as the people of God, have got to avoid the trap of that, that we find ourselves thinking ourselves wise, we become fools. Say, so Pastor Barry, what do you mean? Well, let me just give you some examples, Okay. Let me preach here for a minute, and I'm, I'm going to bring this to a close. We're going to go to the book of Joshua here in just a minute. How many of you know God is the ultimate in creation, the ultimate creator? You, you know that, right? God, cre- I mean, look, okay, bottom line, if you create the universe, you're pretty good, right? If, if you invent the laws that make the universe work, you got some skills, you, 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 right? So God is the ultimate creator. And, and by nature of God creating humanity, you, me, put in in us in his image he's made some pretty creative human beings 
I mean, Steve Jobs and the whole Apple iPhone, iPad thing, that guy was incredibly creative. And you could go down the Tesla right now, what's going on with electric cars. I mean, there are some incredibly creative people. If you want to go back about six, eight, ten, uh, probably not ten, you want to go back about six, eight generations, there was this thing invented called the television. You all remember it? How many of you own one? How many of you own two? How many of you own three? Yeah, now they're like toasters, all right? We, in fact, I got more TVs than toasters in my house. I really do, right? Um, there was this, there were, there, this was an invention, and in the church, when the TV was invented, they, they, they took this stand that, you know what, that television thing, that is just, that has got to be of the devil. That has got to be satanic. We are going to have nothing to do with that. If you're my age or older, you undoubtedly have probably, if you grew up in the church, you've had some evangelist at some point along the way come into your church and, and preach, and he probably did it standing on the front row in the pew and probably excited and spitting three rows deep in the process, and he would tell you, you Christians, you need to get rid of that television out of your house. Anybody had that experience? I did. A couple of you? All right. So a few of you as old as me or older. All right. And, and, and here's my point. We have to be, we were so wise that we decided that invention, that creation can't be of God. That's got to be of the devil. Can I tell you something this morning? There are very few creations, if any, in this world that are, are in and of themselves good or evil. It's what you make out of them. And what would have happened if the people of God had stepped up from the beginning and said, we are going to use that creation, that invention for the glory of God, but we were so wise we became fools. I I could preach here for a while, but I won't. There's this uh, thing called, it was in the 50s, and then in the 60s it was called rock and roll. You ever heard of it? And the church was so wise that we figured out that, you know what, that music has got to be of the devil. We never bothered to actually go back and put our center in the Word of God and go back and read the Psalms and realize they had drums back. I, it was, I remember a scandalous moment in the church I grew up in. We, our pastor at the time, he invited, uh, it was back when you, we used to have the singing groups come around. They'd come around. We'd have two or three or four a year. He, had, he invited a singing group, a young group of guys to come in and, and sing uh, probably going to be hymns, but he was go- they were going to sing them in church, and we were going to have this, this service, and, and they actually had, you ready for the, they had drums scandalous. And we Christians, we gave up one of the, some of the most powerful forms of music and still find ourselves doing it today. And, and you say, well, Pastor Barry, have you l- listened to the ly- lyrics? What? I'm not talking about the lyrics. I'm talking about the style of music. I mean, we can have the discussion about the lyrics. You know, yeah, there's probably a problem there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the style of music that was created, that was artistic, that God placed in the heart of man that could have been used for the glory of God. Sometimes too smart by half. I've been preaching this for years, and I've been teaching this for years. I've been saying this for years. I've believed this for years. I believe it today. October 31st, you ever heard of it? Can I tell you something? People say it's the devil's day. I'm going to tell you a secret. God made all 365 days, including October 31st, and it doesn't belong to the devil. Now, you can say, well, Pastor Barry, we're, I, we, we Christians shouldn't be dressing up like wizards and demons and Satan on, on October 31st and, and celebrating those things. And I would say, okay, that's fair. You're right. But you know what else? We probably should not be doing it the other 364 days of the year either, right? 
But there's this, there's this, there's this, just this little bit of honoriness in me that says, you know what I really like the idea of? That day, October 31st, is God's day, just like every other day. And I kind of like the idea that knowing that there's a lot of people that make it the devil's day and they dress up like all those things, there's just something in me that says I kind of like it. I like the idea of on that day when they all dress up that way, that, that way to, as, as devils and Satan and whatever, Let's invite them to the house of God. Let's invite them to the church. We do this in the front parking lot. Let's invite them to the front parking lot. And on the devil's day, let's bring them in and love them and let them know about the love of Jesus. Get their kids all excited and hopped up on sugary candy. It's wonderful. Right? We Christians have got to be careful that we don't become the ones that become so wise we become fools because we've done it a time or two over the years. That one of the recent ones that we've struggled with and we've gone with and we've done with is you ever you guys ever read the book of Genesis? You you go back and look at the book of Genesis. There's a story in there where God destroyed the world by the flood because of the evil that men were doing. And when it was over, he brought Noah out of the ark and he put in the sky a rainbow. You all remember that? He put in the sky a rainbow and he said, this is my covenant, my the, the sign of my covenant to you that I will never do this again. God made the rainbow. Do you know if I took a rainbow and I placed it out there on our sign in the front, do you know the scandal that it would cause? Because the the, the world has come along and said the, the, the rainbow now stands for LGBTQ plus rights and, 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 and that movement. So we've got Christians all over the place and churches all over the place. They want nothing to do with the rainbow. I'm going to tell you a secret. There's a part of me that just wants to get a 40-foot by 40-foot banner and hang it out of a rainbow and hang it out on the front of the church and say, God made this first. It's still His. You can't have it. Right? We have to be careful that we don't abdicate. Somebody told me after first service, make sure you clarify you're saying abdicate or give away the things of God. He said, she said, because it sounds like you're saying we don't advocate. All right. So just to be clear, we don't give away. Let's stop giving away the things of God because the enemy comes along or the world comes along and says, hey, it's ours now. Let me tell you about the latest one. Um, you, you notice the color of the shirt I'm wearing this morning? Y'all see that black? I, I actually didn't think about that till I was in the middle of the sermon uh, first service, and I realized, no, oh, I did put a black shirt on today. We, we've, we've come to a place in America where you can't put a post out on Facebook or Instagram with a black background because you automatically must support Black Lives Matters. You can't talk about social justice and racial justice because that doesn't belong to the church. That doesn't belong to God. That's not your place. That belongs to Black Lives Matters. Can I tell you something this morning? Black Lives Matters has been around for about five years. They begin after the Trayvon Martin travesty that took place five years ago, and, and, and they begin to gain notoriety and, after Ferguson and and the hands up, don't shoot situation, which was another another conversation, another issue. They've only been at this for five years. And they claim that their purpose, their reason for being is to bring about racial justice and social justice. Can I tell you something? The church has been about this for thousands of years. You, you all ever read the story in Exodus of how the people of God began? You ever read it? 
Do you, do you know where they came from? Do you, know, do, you, do you know where the people that became the people of Israel, the people of God, do you know where they came from? They came out of Egypt. Do you know what they did in Egypt? Do you know who they were in Egypt? Do you know why they left Egypt? Do you know why God set them free from Egypt? Because in Egypt they were slaves. And God said, I will bring you out, I will set you free, I will deliver you, and I will make you my people. And God made it a big deal. He said, listen, in your nation, in your world, now that I've brought you out and you serve me, and as you serve me, this is what your reality is going to look like. It's not going to be like it was with slavery in Egypt. You know what else? Um, and i got to watch my time here this morning. And it's 12 o'clock, so let me finish this, bring this to a close. Y'all with me for a Can I have five more minutes? Your most generous group of people I've ever known. Are you guys going to hang with me online for just five more minutes? Please do. Please, please, please. Not only that, God said, you know what? There was a time in your life where he, he told the children of Israel this. He said, you were sojourners. You were immigrants in a foreign land. He told them, he said, you need to remember that. And when sojourners was the Old Testament word, immigrants come into your nation. This is what he said. When they come into your nation, you need to treat them with justice and mercy and love. And you need to treat them as if they're part of your family. And you need to make them a part of, a part of your family. We center ourselves in God and the word of God. We don't miss that. We stand up and we proclaim that. We live that. At the same time, he said, those sojourners, those immigrants that do come into your nation, they're going to serve your God and live by your laws and live by your rules and, 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 and accept your judgment and become a part of your family and a part of your culture. All of those things are true as well. And see, when we center ourselves in, the, in, in God and in the Word of God, all of a sudden we find ourselves we can't go left and we can't go right and we can't fall to this and we can't fall to that because we center ourselves in the truth of the Word of God, which so often offends the left and offends the right because it is God's righteousness and God's holiness. And man, just I don't care whether you're a conservative or, or a liberal. I don't care whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't care which way you vote. I, man has a way of messing things up. It's a gift. You see, God has been proclaiming this thing of social justice and racial justice for thousands of years. Jesus came along and said he chastised the Pharisees because they didn't practice mercy and they didn't practice justice. Old Testament, the Old Testament prophets came along and said part of the reason, uh, Israel, you're, you're going under a curse is because you didn't practice social justice. You go back into the 1950s. Let's just talk history for a minute. You go back into the 1950s. Do you know who was marching for civil rights? Oh, not 100% by any means, but it was a whole lot of pastors. It was a whole lot of reverends. It was a whole lot of Christians that were standing up and saying social justice and racial justice must take place. There was a man by the name of Dr. Martin Luther King. You all heard of him? You know it was Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, right? So when organizations like Black Lives Matter comes along and says, hey, that's ours now. You can't have it. We, we started this thing. I, I'm going to tell you, I went to the BLM page. I, I went to their homepage. I looked at what they believe and what they stand for. And a great deal of what they stand for, absolutely contrary to the truth of the word of God. I'm not interested in supporting that organization or the things they do, but I'll tell you what I will support, I have supported, I continue to support, and I always will support, and that is racial justice and social justice. 
but I don't have to be a BLM member to do that. And I'm not going to let the enemy or that organization or anybody else tell me that I can't put out posts or that I can't wear a black shirt or that I can't do this or I can't do that because that's their cause. It's not their cause. I would say to them this, welcome to God's cause. To the extent you're on board, welcome to the cause. We've been at it for a long time. I'm going to end with this. You all don't even know this, but many of you are social justice warriors and you don't even know it. Say, Pastor Bear, what do you mean? I, I mean this. I, I mean, many of you, every month you put in an offering into our missions fund that, that, that helps support missionaries around the world. One of the missionaries that we support and a lot of other Christians around the world support is, is, uh, is out of St. Louis, Missouri, Urban Outreach. That pastor goes in there, that missionary goes in there, has been going in there, now going into, I believe, New Orleans. I know Washington, D.C., and getting ready to come into Indianapolis and Indiana and been doing it for decades. And, and you know what? He never riots. He never breaks a window. He's never burnt a building. He, he's, he's never, right? He, he goes, and, and those that are a part of his ministry go, and they try to pull people, young, young ladies that are in prostitution, go and pull them out of that bondage and that slavery. They go down, and they teach, and they love, and, and, and they help. And they provide food and they provide finances, and you all support that every single month. Jay Covert and his ministry. Somebody will say, Well, whatever. You guys are just a bunch of white, um, wealthy do gooders that making your conscience feel better. Let me tell you what we are, and not just us, but a whole lot of Christians around the world. We're a group of hardworking Christians of all backgrounds, all ethnicities that make a choice to put our money where our mouth is and make a difference. Don't feel the need to go and burn and destroy, right? But I do feel the need to help with racial and social justice in a way that involves God and makes a difference. Last one, I'll tell you, you support another missionary who has been involved, again, for decades in Human trafficking. You know what human trafficking is? It's slavery. Every month you all give to help her support others who pull young girls and men out of slavery around this world. You all are social justice warriors, and you didn't even know it. I'm going to end with this. If you all stand with me, you guys that are at home, you don't have to stand unless you choose to but it helps them know that I'm just about ready to finish because I won't leave them standing for very long. I want to read this morning Joshua chapter um, chapter 24, verse 14. Joshua had brought the children of Israel, the people of God, to the promised land. They'd gone through some hard, hard stuff. They'd had many failures along the way. And he stood them there and he said to, this, said to them at that point, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the God's that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And this, this is what he says. And if, if, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, then choose this day who you're going to serve. He goes on, and at the end of that passage, he says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is where I want to end this morning with this challenge to you as the people of God. Center yourself. Your beliefs, your actions, your attitudes, your heart. Center yourself in God and the word of God. It still works. Let it dictate and drive your morality and your choices. It still works. It still works. 
And the crazier the world gets, the more thinking ourselves wise we become fools, let's make sure we don't give up those things that belong to God to a crazy world. Amen? Let's pray and we'll let you all head out for lunch today. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And I pray as we leave this place, God, help us to walk in you, to love you, to serve you. Help us to live out the truth of your word and truly to put you and your word in the center of all that we do, all that we say, all that we practice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. Love you guys online, on our feet. Thank you for tuning in, being a part this morning, and uh, see you soon. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.